The Paul W. Smith Show at 6. The Pre-W. Smith Show now. 760 WJR. Here is Jeff Sloan. All right. Cameron Knox bringing us in there, at least uh, on the voice. Probably Mark Pastoria on the guitar riff there, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's sweet. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Happy to have you with us this morning. Now, here's the thing. Technology changing our lives in so many ways. I heard it was Elon Musk that talked about the coming human-machine interface and how we're all about to become cyborgs, but how in a cyborg, of course, is a fictional character that is soon about to become reality, according to Elon Musk, and he's actually doing work to make that happen. And essentially what that means is that we're part human, part machine. Well, he made the point that, in fact, kind of already are, because you're carrying around your cell phone all the time. You have this great resource at your fingertips. If someone asks you, how many different species of uh, bees are there, insects, you know, whatever it may be, you can look that up. You can get that information at your fingertips. And, you know, before we either had to have information memorized or written down, now it's right there at your fingertips. And so it's changing our lives in many, many ways. We know many ways in, in positive ways and, and other ways we, it's a curse, right? Technology, it's a curse. Your kids disappear when you put a cell phone in their hands. They're playing games and doing these things. So, but here's a serious concern. I'm, I'm actually very concerned about this. And it's driven by the fact that phones now can geolocate you with specificity. We know that. They can pinpoint where you are. Now, you have to authorize your location service on your phone, but nonetheless, even when it's not authorized in the background, it's collecting this data. And police departments and other law enforcement authorities can now access this information, and they're using it uh, under a warrant. They can access this information and place you at the scene of a crime. Now, on the one hand, that's a good thing. That's a good law enforcement tool. We, of course, we want to get the bad guys. We want to prevent crime. We want to punish criminals. And that's a tool to help us do that. But we just heard a Fox News report this morning talking about how, for example, now uh, technology in the cars can be hacked to, you know, even shut your gas off in your car, as reported by Fox News this morning. And, and these are concerning things. There are privacy issues. There are things that we're concerned about. Technology gives the bad guys access to us and to our lives in ways that are very concerning. And so we're focused on this issue. Juliet Bennett Ryla, she's a senior writer at The Hustle, published an article about what's called geofencing. That's the location technology that can place you in a specific area. And the ability to get a warrant that governments can use, law enforcement can use to get a warrant to access your location information. Again, on the one hand, a good thing. But there are concerns, certainly, that come with that as well. Juliet, please tell us about how law enforcement is using geofencing and what it means to our lives and what it could mean both positively and relative to the concerns we have negatively as well. Juliet. So geofencing is basically a virtual perimeter, and it's already been used in a variety of ways. For example, there are apps that let parents know when their child leaves a particular area, assuming that child is carrying their device with the app on it. Lime, the scooter company, uses geofencing with its electric scooters in some cities, which prevents riders from, say, ending a ride in a certain area or going too fast in a restricted zone. So it's been around for a while. Geofence warrants have been in effect since 2016, though they have been on the rise, at least at Google, who says uh, about a quarter of all requests from law enforcement it receives regarding data are these warrants. So basically, a geofence warrant is a time and a place. So let's say there's a bank robbery, right? Law enforcement may say, okay, we want the data 
of anyone who was in this location at the specific time when the crime occurred. So because I'm carrying my phone, my device, as you put it, mm-hmm. I am now able to be with a good degree of accuracy, as long as that phone was on me and not someone else, I'm able to be pinpointed in a certain location at a certain time with a pretty good degree of accuracy these days. And the suggestion here, and I want to hear your example, the suggestion is if you know that I'm there in that place and time, if a crime of relevance was committed in that time and place, uh, I've got some answers to provide, right? Yes, potentially. So Google kind of does a back and forth with these requests. It's like a three-step process. So what it first returns, it, it searches its entire sensor vault. That's Google's internal database of historical geolocation data. And it supplies a larger list of anonymized data. And then law enforcement kind of has to go back and forth, narrowing it down before they get info that identifies individual accounts. So while you just being in that place at that time may not make you a suspect, there is a chance that it might, because it has happened that some people who had nothing to do with a crime did become a suspect based on their data. There was a guy who rode his bike around his neighborhood a lot, and he ended up becoming a suspect in a burglary he had nothing to do with because he had ridden his bike by the house several times. So you've given us an example. How is the public embracing this? On the one hand, we want to use all of the tools at hand possible to solve crimes, find the bad guys, keep the bad guys from getting us as a result of being having better tools to find them and punish them. But at the same time, there's this big push for privacy privacy is a major thing. I don't necessarily want you knowing where I am when, even if I'm not doing anything wrong, it's my privacy, right? Right. And I think a lot of people, frankly, just don't understand how much data they are sending out into the world at any given time. So I think that's why we haven't seen a lot of pushback on this. There has been a lot of legal back and forth, whether or not this is a violation of the Fourth Amendment, which obviously protects people from unreasonable searches and seizures. Some judges have weighed in and said, no, like you shouldn't be using this. Other judges have a different opinion. I think why we're hearing a lot about it now is there's a lot of concern over what kind of data law enforcement might use in states where all of a sudden abortion has or will become illegal. And how might that play out? So I don't think obviously any of it's happened yet, but there is some concern that law enforcement may be able to use location data to determine if people were trying to seek abortion in states where they can't. That's also the situation with the keyword warrant, which would be, I want to find anybody who looked for this particular search term on this day or from this location. There are other concerns as well. Uh, Data brokers have been able to supply data in terms of who's visited an abortion clinic and how long they were there. And we've seen lawmakers even try to introduce acts recently. There's the Health and Location Data Protection Act, which was recently introduced that would limit the sale and sharing of medical or location data. We've seen a lot of concerns around period tracking apps, people saying, hey, delete those because maybe law enforcement could subpoena those lists and find out if you were pregnant. So there's a lot of concern, I think, surrounding that particular recent development. Right. And there are things that we can do about this as consumers. One of the things is if you're carrying a device and you don't want to be tracked, I have the right to turn off the tracking technology, don't I? Yeah, you could, you could turn it off. You could opt out of lists. You could delete certain apps. But I do think at this point, we are just so tethered to our phones and our apps that it may be difficult to completely disengage. Right, because the towers can still pick up. Even if I turn off tracking technology, the police can use ways to identify where I am just by triangulating through the various towers and seeing, uh, and they can locate your phone. And again, assuming the phone is on you, they can locate you. Yeah, and they could locate somebody that is uh, with you, potentially. I mean, I know I personally, uh, with just, you know, my job being what it is, my lifestyle being what it is, there is truly no way I could completely detach myself from the Internet at this point. 
Well, I think it's just, you know, important for people to understand this, of course, and, uh, and to realize it both pro and con. You know, on the one hand, it's a technology that may be helping us solve crime and prevent crime even, perhaps. But on the other hand, it does, again, tread on those very delicate desires for privacy that we all have more and more of these days, and understandably so. Is there anything else you want to share with us about the issue that you feel is important for us to be enlightened on? So if you're super curious about this issue and you want to really dig in, Harvard Law Review has a really great thorough examination of whether these kinds of warrants violate the Fourth Amendment. And uh, they actually are encouraging Congress to take steps to enact protections. So far, New York is really the only state that's come out and said, hey, we want to ban these types of warrants. And there hasn't been a lot of movement on that bill yet. So if you're very curious about this and you want to get involved, you could check that out and see how you weigh in on this issue and then talk to your legislators. Okay, good advice. Julia Bennett, Ryla, we thank you so much. Senior writer at The Hustle. Great article, enlightening, eye-opening, and we really appreciate you uh, informing us. Thank you, Juliet. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we're headed to a quick break. Stick with us. Back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. 